Hello everyone and welcome to A2I Dyslexia Podcast. We feel so privileged today to have one of the most amazing, he is my number one fan, believe it or not. I've been looking for him, chasing him all over the place. The last maybe two and a half years and I finally got a hold of him and just feel so excited to have lovely, amazing young man who's going to come on our podcast today, who's actually on our podcast today. And we will be talking to him about his dyslexia journey and how he has managed to get one million mobile phone barbershop franchise. He is a very big, amazing, inspirational person that I think I've ever come across with dyslexia. Yeah, for me, that's how I see it. Darren Tankerine, who is an entrepreneur, and he has done amazing stuff with a company called Trimit, which he's the founder of. Before I bring Darren on to have a conversation about how he got to where he is, and I'm sure there's loads more he, he hopes to do in the future, I'm going to read a little bit about his biography. Darren awarded Brighton Entrepreneur of the Year in 2016. Um, he's the founder and CEO of Trimit, UK tech-enabled mobile barbershop. He has raised over one million and currently operates to mobile barbershop franchise with his head office team of 11. The business currently serves the UK with plans to expand in the US in the next 18 months. Darren was diagnosed with dyslexia in his third year of university. I don't know how, Darren, you've managed with dyslexia and got this far and this is amazing. You're such an inspiration to our community. Darren, welcome to HY Dyslexia Podcast. Thank you. So the welcome was so nice. In fact, it was so nice. I didn't know whether this is something I should be honoured with or if you say this to all of your guests. So I'm hoping that, I'm, I'm hoping that you generally do like me and that you generally do find me as an inspiration. But um, like, I'm, I'm taking, I'm, I'm, I'm being a bit jokey, but like, I'm, I'm, I am very flattered with your, your welcoming. Um, yeah, how, how are you today? I'm feeling very good. It's a lovely day today and I'm feeling really, really awesome. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm good. The only way is up, isn't it, is what I say. But having you on this podcast has just brightened my day, to be honest with you. <laughs> right. So, Darren, let me just um, dive straight into our podcast with my first sort of question. But before I do that, please tell our listeners how Trimit came about. Sure. So Trimit came about, um, it's actually tied into my dyslexia for my dyslexic journey. Um, so I was working in the insurance field um, for my my year of, um, what's it called? My year of placement when I was in university. So we did a year work in, 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 in industry. And for the first six months, I absolutely loved it. My parents, they were proud, they were African. So like seeing me in a suit every day, going to the city, they were happy. Um, and then after the first six months, I realized that, you know, the, the, the city for me was, and the best way I can describe it is great. It was it was great. Um, I was a little bit bored. I didn't feel super engaged, but more importantly, um, I wasn't thriving in in my environment. Um, I realized that like I was making really small mistakes here and there. It, it could be I was sending out an email, and um, the grammar was all over the place, or it would get past a certain time um, and all of a sudden, like, I can't really interpret what, what I'm seeing on my, on my Excel sheet. And I was struggling. And uh, one, of my, um, one of my managers, he actually jokingly said, like, oh, Darren, you could be dyslexic. But he was saying it more as, like, a, um, as, a, as an insult, just because of the, the type of um, mistakes that I was making. 
And it got me, it just, it just got me thinking. Um, but I didn't, at that time, I didn't think I was a sex I actually thought I was lazy. I thought I was lazy. Um, and I went back to university and I said to myself, I can't work in the, in the corporate sector. That's not going to be for me. And what can I do to take my destiny by the horns and really excel in, a, in an environment that, um, that I can create for myself? So academically, let me take a step. Of, let me take a um, take it back a step. Academically, I've actually always been always been excellent. I've always got like really high grades in in secondary school, in in college, in university. Um, however, that's only been as a result of me putting in a few tricks here and there to enable me to be able to learn and to memorize um, to like a high level. But these are all tricks that I've had to develop myself. Um, and it goes back to the fact that I, I, I thought in the, in the work environment, if I'm not in an environment that I can create myself, then I won't thrive. And I'm, and I'm very competitive. Like, I'm super competitive. I want to do the best for myself. I want to make my, my family proud. And I just want to do well in life. So um, that summer, or when I finished my, my year in placement working for this insurance firm, um, out of fear, I said to myself, I have to create a business because I want to be in an environment that I can create myself. So... Trimit was formed. Um, I mean, there's various, I had various different ideas, but Trimit or my entrepreneurial journey came about as a result of fear. I was scared of being in an environment that wasn't suited for me. Um, in terms of like why why Trimit or why um why why mobile barbering? Well, like I, I discovered a need or I just I discovered a problem, which was the fact that um people love the barber, people love the barbershop barbershop experience but they don't necessarily love the wait. You can go to a barbershop on a Friday or on a Saturday and end up waiting three hours. Um, and we live with like such a, such a fast paced lifestyle that um, waiting for three hours is just, not, is just not suitable now. It's just not something that we can do. My father's generation, for example, he would go to the barbershop with a pint of Guinness and, and, and talk to his boys and talk to the barber and, and, and there's a real community. But right now what, what users and what I believe my customers desire it's something that's fast and efficient, still maintaining a relationship with your barber, but um, being, able for, being able to not necessarily have to wait. So that's how Trimble was formed. Ended up um, bringing the idea to university. Um, thankfully, thank God, we ended up winning a business competition. I won my first £10,000, which was great. And I was able to, then I suppose, test the idea out, test out, um, bring, bring people on board into the team. And fortunately, we've been able to grow Trimit now from what was a, a university idea to a company that's raised coming close to like 2 million now. Um, I have a team of 11 in the head office. This year, I, I suspect to have about 108 um, franchisees on board. So yeah, we've done we've pretty well. And yeah, when I reflect on it, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really strange actually, because yesterday I was doing something or rather, and I was reflecting on how far I've come. And I actually, in the middle of talking to that person, I went, actually, I've done quite well for myself. And I think sometimes we should give ourselves a pat on the back exactly. and say, look, you have come quite a long way. And um, I was really proud. And to, just to listen to you makes me so proud of, of all the achievement that you've done. And of course, you've also created employment for 11 people, you know, that um, otherwise, what would they be doing? I'm sure they'll be working somewhere else, but they're, they're equally as happy to work for Trimit because it's a growing and, you know, company. Now, it's such, it's such a brilliant idea in a way, because, of course, I'm from the Black community, we're both from the Black community, and I know that even to go to the hairdressers as a woman, you know, sometimes you could be there the whole day, and you're like, I don't want to sit here forever. 
and in a barbershop, it's like a sort of a social gathering, really, isn't it? But I'm, I'm realising that the younger generation probably don't want to go there and like socialise and they just want to get their hair cut and go. So this is where you saw that niche, which is absolutely fantastic. It's such a brilliant idea. I wish there was something similar for women, you know, to, to, to do our hair. Maybe that's an idea for... Maybe maybe one day, maybe um, maybe if I, if I create, I have to give you some shares, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> absolutely that would be a really fantastic idea really awesome now Darren I'm going to take you back a bit how was dyslexia for you growing up well one I didn't know I had dyslexia so it, it was never a thing growing up mm. it was more so I I realized that there were certain things I just wasn't good at um so the, the funniest thing is that my my parents or my my mother knew I was dyslexic um in primary school so I was struggling in primary school academically and I was diagnosed mm. quite early however however because of cultural reasons um when my mother was was told that I was dyslexic um she just didn't tell me because she didn't believe that it was real and her son couldn't be disabled she saw it as a disability so I just never knew and to, and, and in some cases like not that I think there, there's pros and cons to both of it like I, I kind of sometimes I wish you told me earlier. There's actually some like very intrinsic benefits that you that I could have gained by knowing it earlier. But at the same time as well, it made it made me the type of person I am. It makes me um, I don't want to feel like I have like a, a a handicap. So, I mean, what I've had to what I've been forced to do is I'll come up with my own tricks, my own strategies to enable me to succeed or for, for me to just be able to be at the same level as my peers one thing I've accepted is that from a grammatical point of view or for, in terms of grammar it's just never going to be my strong point I'm, I'm not good at writing um, occasionally I'll be with my girlfriend and I'll have to send her a letter mm. or I have to send her a whatsapp and be like can you look over this for me because um, I just can't see my mistakes but in terms of going back to your question Elizabeth as you can tell I'm a little bit like you I can I can talk and I'll be in the next place. <laughs> Growing up with dyslexia um, was difficult because I, I didn't thrive, um, especially from a literacy point of view. Um, but I created a lot of tricks mm -hmm. and a lot of um, tactics that enabled me to excel academically. So in secondary mm -hmm. school, I did mm -hmm. very well in my GCSE. I did very well in my A-levels, but I had to work I would say twice as hard as my peers. I did little cheeky stuff, which would have got me in trouble. <laughs> like um, I would bring my phone out and I'd record my lessons. Mm. Um, and this is so I could go back to and really listen to what the, the, the teacher was saying, because in class, like my, my head can be in the clouds sometimes. I, I didn't know how to really like stay, like have a, like stay focused to, 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 the, to the lesson. In terms of how I revised, I use a lot of pictures and a lot of um, colours and textures as well, which is a weird one. When I've ever spoken to like some of my um, dyslexic like peers, I haven't really heard people talking about textures, but I use text textures like literally feelings to mm. memorise things. Oh, wow. Like I can memorise like an equation based on how it feels on my hand. It's it's, it's more small little textures that the small little tactics I do to trigger off memories. So yeah, I've had to I've had to be weird with my education. I've had to essentially the way I I, I explain it to some of my, my friends is that in some ways I've had to teach myself. And that's been difficult, but it's also been quite fun 
um, and I've been able to apply a, a lot of those learnings into into what I do now as well. It was yeah. my work. Wonderful. So, how do you view the label of dyslexia now? How do you do you celebrate it? Do you still not want to be associated as someone who say you might have a disability? The thing is, when I when I got diagnosed at university, um, and because I've been acad- so when originally, so I'm glad. I, this is why I mean, like, I'm glad that my parents never told me because originally. Um, prior to university, I would have thought that if you're dyslexic, it means that you're dumb. You, you have a learning difficulty. However, myself, I can't say that. I've academically been excellent throughout my whole like, career. So it can't, it can't be if you are dyslexic, you are dumb. That's not what, it doesn't make sense. Um, so my view on dyslexia, because I now, because I have it, isn't that it's a, uh, a handicap at all if, if anything like from the research that i've done and from the really successful entrepreneurs that um i look up to it actually can put you at, at an advantage people with dyslexia tend to think and problem solve in a very unique way um our, our brains are wired differently and it, it has positives it also has it has its negatives as well um but our brains are wired differently and subsequently it means we can use that as a as a platform to succeed or as a as as leverage to view the world just uniquely so yeah i definitely see it as something that could potentially be positive so in other words it doesn't matter if we can't spell well for me if i can't spell or, or read properly or pronounce words properly it really doesn't matter does it because that's why i can hire someone to do that for me and use my creative brain to do what i'm good at and, and i think that's the message exactly yeah Wonderful. Thank you so much for answering that. So lovely for me, Darren. I mean, we've spoken a little bit about your diagnosis and, you know, having help and you've got support at work. You've got your PA who kind of organise things for you. And I think I'm the same. (laughs) Otherwise, I'll I'll not turn up to any meetings. I'll forget everything, to be honest with you. How has that been for you, um, you know, getting the support from your team? And do they understand your dyslexia? Does your work, you know, your, your staff understand your dyslexia and do they leave you alone when you're having your meltdown moments like me when I can't figure out how to get into a zoom (laughs) (laughs) yes most certainly don't leave me alone yeah I think our team is is funny so our CTO so we have a management team now or um yes we have our executive team um and our CTO and so that's our chief technical officer he's also dyslexic as well and that's just by chance like it wasn't that I I found out he's dyslexic and thought you know he might be the best person for the job um so I think we, our team or the environment that I've created is the environment that I've created for myself. And subsequently, like, everybody is fine with it. We, it's not even, a, it's not necessarily even a conversation in the office. Um, I'm just conscious of the fact that if I want to get the best out of myself, I then need to create uh, an infrastructure network that allows me to succeed. Um, and that's what I've done. So people are, are here on board to help me and the company, because I, I represent the company, and in fact, I am the company to, to an extent, um, to help me grow. And as a result, like if I grow, then the company grows, and then every year grows as well. Yeah. Fantastic. Where, where do you see Trim it in the next five years, Darren? Where do you see Trim it? Um, trim it in the next five years. Uh, that's a great question. So I, I believe that we're going to be international. So um, not only are we going to be have a, have a very large presence in the UK, but we are going to have a presence in the US and Europe. Um, and we're going to probably have also um, 
other other industries that we're involved in. So if, it, it could be pet grooming. So we'll be in different industries, in different countries. But moreover, I feel like Trim It, at that point, would allow me to be able to bless others as well. Um, one of the big reasons why I do Trim It and why after this call, I'm going to be doing Trim It till probably like midnight is because I want to have the opportunity to be able to bless the people that are around me. And um, people have sold a lot of energy, a lot of resource into making sure that Trim It succeeds. Um, making sure that I succeed and it would just be a great opportunity then to to give back to the people around me and give back to the people that um, have really just helped me grow you know that's really put a smile on my face I did say it's going to be such an amazing podcast <laughs> your number one fan that's why you see every time you post something on LinkedIn I'm like the first to like it and always comment I just think it's so phenomenal which is really you're doing such an amazing job and of course to the younger people as well out there young black boys who really want to do something for themselves but may see that look where is the hope one two can I do it and three maybe they've got dyslexia even if they haven't got dyslexia you're such a role model to them you know they could look up to you and say well look Darren's done it and representation really does matter somebody that looks like me has, has done that so maybe I could as well that's really fantastic really really amazing Darren how do you manage your day-to-day -day? I think I've already asked you that strategies of how you manage in the office so you've got your PA now let's talk a little bit about the strategies you, you use as a dyslexic one for I don't know presentations or meetings or or your franchise negotiation whatever they might be what sort of strategies do you use in in, in work a large part of the fact that I have to sell a franchise yeah, um, is the fact that it, it becomes very human-based. So some of the strategies that I use is that I, I always try and require an element of um, being able to be in front of me. I'm best at articulating myself and, and giving off the correct energy person rather than in writing. Um, if, I, if, I, if I was to try and sell something through an email, it would be full of like spelling mistakes and you probably wouldn't probably get um, what I'm trying to articulate. So um, that's something that I really like doing. So making sure that people um, are face to face with me and that I can actually talk to them. I have a PA, um, so Shanna, who's incredible. She helps organize my days um, and she has, um, she understands the, the, the high priority items that I need to do throughout the day. And that keeps me organized. And then I suppose like, in terms of other techniques, it's, it's, it's weird because when things become your day-to-day, -day, they don't necessarily become your, your techniques. So it's difficult to even articulate what I do on a, in a day-to-day -day basis to manage my dyslexia. As I was mentioning before, mm. to a very late age, I didn't even know I, have, I had dyslexia. And everything subconsciously and consciously that I was doing was to, to make sure that I was never at a disadvantage. So it's a hard question to to answer just because everything I do I suppose on a day-to-day -day basis is to is to manage it yeah and I understand that because as a CEO myself do you know what Darren there are days when I'm like do you know what I just can't do this anymore it becomes so chaotic because every day is not the same you know mm -hmm. it's like you plan your day you go in there you know what you're doing from Monday by Tuesday if I haven't got nothing done because everyone comes to you with all the queries all the issues so it is difficult to plan it but one of the ways I manage quite well in, in, in the um, working in our team is, look, not now, kind of finish off that report and then come back to finish because I can't focus on three or four things at the same time. It becomes so chaotic for me. And then I'll start making mistakes and then I'll start sort of getting anxiety and all sorts. So it works that way for me. So I, I just thought I'll, um, you know, 
um, have a little bit of a conversation around that. It can be very stressful. Yeah. Um, I think that the great thing about being CEO, you could decide, look, actually not today, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I try my best not to do that. But what what I definitely do, and which I forgot to mention, and this is what I mean by like, my, I don't even necessarily see these things as tactics, but there's chunks of my day where people can't get in contact with me, contact with me and I will select what bits of work that I'm going to be doing in that bit, the specific bit of time. And that's for me to get in, into my deep work mode and for me to just make sure I get my tasks done. So that's, that, those are small little things that I do as well. I mean, ideally, as a CEO, what we should be going out there getting a the business and just hire people to do all this sort of back office admin work. But it's not that straightforward, isn't it, Darren? You and I know yeah, that. Yeah, it all requires resources as well. So, like, I'm, I'm conscious of the fact that your, your, your listeners, I don't want to say things from the perspective of where I am now too much, just because, um, not that I'm, I'm in a very high position, no, but it's just more so the advice that um, I needed when I was 18 or when I was 21, it's completely different to the advice that I give to someone that is 40 or well-established in their business. So it's just, I suppose, given the balance. But what, I, what I'm conscious of the fact is that I want this conversation to be as productive and as helpful as possible just because I know certainly that when I, when I first started university or when I was in my um, insurance job, I struggled. I definitely did struggle. And if I knew what I knew now, things would be a lot easier. Of course, yeah. Which leads me on to my last question. What two top tips would you have for a budding entrepreneur? Yeah, so I think the, the, the first thing, um, and to be honest, this is, a, this is a, a top tip for anybody really, but is to really understand where your weaknesses are. Um, dyslexia is so multifaceted. I know some people that are dyslexic, but grammatically they are incredible. They, they can write, uh, a poem they can write a letter and it, it can sound and feel incredible i know some people that are numerodyslexic so numbers are terrible for them so it's just really understanding what your superpower is and what your and what your um, weaknesses are and as a result based on your weaknesses put infrastructure in place to make sure that they are not they are not your weaknesses and whatever you are really good at as well continue to flower that and make sure that that is your superpower so yeah, that's one tip. Uh, so understanding your 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 strengths and your weaknesses, and I suppose the second tip I would I would, um, I would say is being able to be quite vocal about your dyslexia. You'd be surprised at the amount of grace people give when they understand your context. So in my email thread or in my email signature, I actually tell people that I'm a proud dyslexic, and the reason being is that if I'm emailing um, a, a key partner or if I'm emailing someone of importance and I'm putting them a spelling mistake, I need them to understand that it's not because I haven't taken care into the email, it's because sometimes I generally can't see my mistakes. So grace is an important thing and understanding people is an important thing. If you are transparent from the beginning, then yeah. people are able to give you that grace that you need and not judge you to the same standards that they would judge themselves. Yeah. Fantastic. Darren, it's been such a pleasure having you on, on our podcast, All Things Dyslexia. Really amazing. I did say it was going to be fantastic. I could sit here forever and talk to you. I'm just sitting there going, wow, I want to hear more. But um, obviously everything comes to an end, you know, and I'll carry on following you. And obviously we'll share this podcast all across all our channels on all the um, other podcast channels as well. And um, I, hope, I really wish you all the best and you're going to do so well. 
honestly you're already doing amazing work next time maybe we might have you back again maybe in the future when you've got double the digits that you have now <laughs> so when it reached two million you will come back and maybe have another um i'm sure so many people will be so interested in your the line of work that you're doing and, and really invest in the amazing work that you're doing thank you so much darren is there anything you wanted to say before we go anything at all not much it's more so like this has been an absolute pleasure and um, typically i actually don't like being on podcasts because i always feel so nervous but you've done such a good job of making me feel at ease and whatnot so i'm excited now to to follow your journey um, and just find out all the incredible people that you've got on your podcast. And um, yeah, just thank you so much for making me feel welcome. Thank you, Darren. And I want to say thank you to our listeners. We would like to thank our funders, Black Thrive, for sponsoring us with this amazing podcast. Also, a massive thank you to Yola, our podcast producer from Salt and Pepper, for the amazing work that she does behind all this. I don't think I'll be able to really tackle all that, but we want to say thank you to her. Thank you to our listeners and everybody who joins us or listens to our podcast on a daily basis. Have a fantastic week and a day and whatever else that comes with it. And we'll be back next week, same time, same place. Thank you very much. Bye for now. The Aspire to Inspire Dyslexia podcast, All Things Dyslexia, is funded by Lambeth Black Thrive. It's presented by Elizabeth Tashi and is produced and distributed by Salt and Pepper Productions.